0: I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, writer Kit Shapiro, to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I'm so excited to have you on the show because as we were just talking about, I think one of my favorite subjects for animated films is Emperor's New Groove because I think they, you can't talk too much about it. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things that you have to talk about all the time. So I know.
1: I know. It's, it, it's such a fun, fun film.
0: Hmm. I I can't believe it's been twenty years because I remember being in the movie theater to see it. Like I clearly remember the day I went to see it, and I was like, "This is so different," <laughs> and I loved it. I, I was I, like, I, I...
1: <laughs> "When you contacted me and said it'd been twenty years, I was just floored." Because I mean, I know my mother. <laughs> my mother died almost almost eleven years, ten and a half years ago. But still, it didn't seem like it was that long ago before she died. When we did Emperor, when she did Emperor's um, New Grooves, just so the so twenty years time just really does fly. I know it's cliche, but it really does go by quickly.
0: It really does. And I think like there's not a a chance that you can mention the film without mentioning your mother, Eartha Kitt, who was the voice of Yizma. And I think she's one of the best, in my opinion, the best Disney villains of the 20th century, (laughs) 21st century, especially with Disney films coming to it. And I just find that her character is so, it's its such a, a unique character blend. I don't think people are expecting that. But then again, I was just thinking, how could they not cast your mother with the wonderful voice that she had? That just I would know. be the first thing, right? You know what I mean? Like, put her in an animated film.
1: <laughs> well, that, it, it's so funny you say that, because that is, in fact, how they did cast her, is that. Uh, they were in it. They had come to New York City for some project and, and they had gotten in a taxi cab. And at the time, my, there were these um, public service announcements in, ta- in New York City taxi cabs about um, safety and and buckling your seatbelt. And they had many different celebrities doing in various, you know, uh little, you know, snippets of, of something that they would say that was sort of unique to them. And, um, and my mother's, what I believe it was, is that this is Eartha Kit And, and then she would do her famous growl. And she said, you know, <laughs> cats have, cats have nine lives, but you only have one and, you know, buckle up for safety. And it was something very short and simple. Um, in every cab, had a different celebrity. Um, and I guess they were by the, by the medallion on the cabs, you, that's how you knew who was in what celebrity, what celebrities they've got assigned, you know, numbers and, and letters. So they, they happened to get the, the director and producer happened to get into a taxi that had my mother's, uh, PSA. And the second they, the door closed They heard my mother's voice and they looked at each other and said, that's it. That's Yzma. But she,
0: it was funny because the original film was known as Kingdom of the Sun. And your mother signed up for the film around 96, 97. So technically, if we're being very specific, this is the first animated project she did before Wild Thornberries, which I was also a big fan of. So when I saw that on your mom's list, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) That,
1: That is correct. As well as The Magic School Bus. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that one too. (laughs) There was, wait, there was another one too. I can't think of which one it was, but um, yeah, so she signed on. It was, so the, the, the creative team behind the original, you know, prior to the Emperor's New Groove were, was the creative team from the Lion King. Mm -hmm. And so it was going to be, you know, a sort of set in, to the into Peru and about Incas and it was really going to be a very much much deeper and it was going to be typically a a musical like many Disney you know uh, animated films have been and yeah so that's what she signed on to be Um, and they had told her that uh, as Elton John had done the music for The Lion King Sting was doing the music for at the time what was known as the uh, Kingdom of the Sun
0: and I think that this project was a little bit more darker, wouldn't you agree? Like Because I read the final story plot that somebody had released, and I saw the Sweatbox, which was the unreleased documentary from Sting's Wife, about mm-hmm. the project, and it looked like it was much more darker, like Yizma was the female equivalent to um, Dr. Facilier from uh, Princess and the Frog, because she was dealing with technically dead things. Yes, so- yeah. Wouldn't you say it's like a little bit more darker of a project? Like, do you remember when you guys like read the original script and what what were your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I think so. There was a lot of um, historical, you know, um, fact, facts in, uh, related to it um, as far as, um, you know, the, the actual uh you know, peoples of, of the, the, the Incas and going back and learning a little, you know, the history uh, of, of that period, you know, of that, uh, of the Peru. And so my mother was fascinated by that and she loved, you know, it's so funny when you play a character or when you, when you portray the villain, even though it may be a very dark subject and and the, the film itself was going to be dark, the villain always has the most fun. And so my mother felt that, you know, that she could bring a, a level of uh, a little levity to it, as she does to everything, just because of the you know who she was and how she interprets um, words. So she wasn't really you know, and and the creative process is so is so detailed, and there's so many people involved that I think that you know she really wasn't turned off by the the depth of it, or, you know, or the darkness, the dark quality to it in, in the beginning. She was actually very very drawn to the, the knowledge that the creators had gotten from visiting, um, Peru as many times as they had and, and what they, you know, the history that they had learned. So she was actually, you know, looking forward to whatever came her way because as she always did
0: it it looked like she was having a real fun time because there are some behind the scenes there's some like behind the scenes footage of her recording her her dialogue for the original kingdom of the sun now i have to ask her her sidekick character was originally soupy um if i'm saying the name correctly hopefully i am cross my fingers um but harvey (laughs) um firestein was the voice of her cohort uh, did, did she ever record anything with him
1: specifically, or did they ever meet? They they had met, you know, unrelated to this project. But no, I mean, I, I mean, as I'm sure you know, many people maybe don't, but that most animated projects are done in, in sort of the solitude of the character and it's one character alone in a room with uh you know voice directors and various and animators because they're watching the mannerisms of, of the actors um but very rarely have I ever heard and certainly in my mother's case as many animated films and and, and projects that she did um she was never in the room with another one of the characters ever in fact on Emperor, on Emperor's new group she, the, she met everybody aside from Sting because she did work with him on the um on their song together but um, aside from staying she, she didn't meet any of her, her co-stars until the premiere. So, yeah, so we did, she did a lot of work, um, you know, in, in New York city. Uh, and so I do, there was one time where Patrick Warburton, and um, they did meet, I, I stand corrected. They did meet in the studio at one point in Los Angeles. Uh, because her session was over and his session was starting, and they literally were <laughs> just passing of the night and met each other in the hallway, and that was, that was that.
0: I guess I guess what I should start is that when they switched the film from Kingdom of the Sun to The Emperor's New Groove, they only kept two cast members and kind of wiped the slate clean. So it was David Spade who stayed on as Cusco, and mm-hmm. your mother stayed on as Yzma. So the director didn't pay compliment to your mother, saying that. She technically really didn't know that we kind of switched the film. She just, she, you know, she was such a professional. She kept giving us the takes that we needed and wanted. And she was so out there and excited and, and really passionate about it. So that's what he, one thing he did say about the whole entire thing, because it was an ordeal. When you tell Sting, you're not going to use any of his songs. And I really, I, I can't even imagine that conversation with your mother, because your mother must have this great song, Snuff Out the Light, and they had oh. to cut it. completely like what was that relationship like between your mother and Sting when they got to do that song before it was cut
1: yeah. My, um, I, I, w- I was there the, on all occasions when, because like I said, I worked for my mother. And so I was with her all, the, you know, all the time I accompanied her. Um, my kids only, you know, met sting once, but they, they didn't, they weren't privy to the recording session. Um, it, my mother and sting hit it off, uh, right from the beginning. And, and the first time we met him was in his apartment in New York city. And we went up there and, um, he and my mother and his musical director started to, you know, play around a little bit with the, the verses and the, you know, the, my, my mother had a little bit of different, a typical time with the way that Sting, uh, the reco- uh, his process, not his process, but, but that it was, you know, he sings a little bit behind the beat, um, or, or, and my mother, you know, it was just funny watching them. You know, my mother's trying to figure out how to how to get it, how to fit it all in. Because the, the song is very wordy. And there's a lot of very quick, uh, you know, patter in it. Um, so it, it was funny. And I remember sitting in his living room and, you know, looking out of the window out, you know, out on New York City and, and real and thinking, listening to my mother sing and Sting singing back up and, you know, and at the piano. And I was just like, OK, this is pretty cool. This is pretty damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good. God, though. thank you. <laughs> I, I just wish because because, again,
0: somebody did release a clip of Snuff Out the Light and their rough, um, their rough cut of it. And it looks so fascinating to see. And again, thank gosh, they left it on the the soundtrack when that was released, uh, along with two other songs that were cut, the love song and the journey buddy song. So um, Mm -hmm. but the whole thing, it was really sad. Like when you watch the documentary, if anybody can find it, um, it, it's very sad to see what an amazing project they had set. But then again, when you get The Emperor's New Groove, this other package of a film that that the animators explained in in another um, uh, interview that they really had no time to change anything I- extremely. They had to go, you know, running, go right. for it. So what were the new recording sessions like with this, with
1: this, with this new script? Well, you know, again, so I just want to reflect back once just when we did, when we did record um, Snuff Out the Lights, it was done in a, like I said, in New York city in a recording studio with a full, massive orchestra, which was just amazing. And my mother and sting and Trudy and, you know, numerous other, um, background vocals done. So that was the first, you know, that was one time where everybody was in the room at the same time recording, um, for that, which was awesome. Um, as far as the new script was concerned, you you know, animation is, and and again, you know, people don't really get to see what goes into it. I think voice, actors are amazing because of what they can bring to a character that you can visualize without actually ever seeing the actor themselves or faces. That being said, the behind the scenes folks between the animators, as well as the vocal directors, I don't think, um, voice directors get as much, uh, as many kudos as they should, because they really are impressive as to when they are trying to get an actor to, to bring out a certain quality in a, in a, in a sentence, in a phrase, they are so precise in their ability to explain what they're looking for. Um, and my mother all, you know, always the consummate professional. And and, as we, we, both have said her voice is, you know, was uh, unbelievably unique and amazing. Uh, She was always able to give you takes that gave, you know, that almost gave you, they gave them so much material. I'm not sure, I think they had a really hard time choosing many times which direction to go in because she was so good at giving different, you know, innuendos for different, for different phrases, um, as was, you know, was, was asked by the director. So anytime a a, vote, an actor comes to do a session so that there's always a director giving them very specific cues. So it makes for, an incredible, you know, combination of, of group of people to come together to, to when, when you finally see the, the product on the screen. Um, it's no wonder that the credits, you know, are, are just thousands and thousands of people because it's um, animation is, is absolutely fascinating. Um, and all the characters involved, you know, I mean, Patrick Warburton, it was, <laughs> is probably one <laughs> of the greatest, you know, voice actors ever. Um, and I mean, and, and, actors, you know, comedy actors in, 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 in a human form as well. Um, I mean, John Goodman and David Spade, of course, was just, you know, brilliant. So, I mean, there were so many great cast members and it was, my mother had so much fun with this character, uh, that I mean, she just, she loved the character of Isma, just loved her.
0: Well, she is one of the rare ones to come back do a sequel and do a whole TV series <laughs> who does that and I, I you know kudos to her because the only other person who did
1: that was Patrick Warburton and Larry the cable guy they're, they're the only three <laughs> that, you know, and that is that is right there a, a, a testament to how you know great a movie it was because you know it came back as as you know well there was the sequel Kronk's New Groove mm-hmm. which wasn't as as well uh received. But and but then, you know, it was still so beloved. Emperor's new groove was so beloved that they wanted, you know, to carry it into television and that was, was really so much fun. So much fun. My mother won, you know, an Emmy for her for her voice work. I'm just sad they never made the theme
0: park ride for it. You know what I mean? You would think I that know. Animal Kingdom of we, we don't need Avatar Land. We need Cusco Topia. <laughs> that would be so amazing. <laughs> Do, would you if that, that ever were um something that was considered in the future, um would you would you like to hear your mother in an attraction like that? Would you give permission to let them use material previously done and have her Absolutely.
1: featured? Absolutely. My mother was a huge you know, she got she enjoyed her, her years, you know, working under, you know, the Disney banner so much, everybody who, who worked there and was involved with all the projects that she did were, were so incredibly, uh, kind and respectful and creative and just, you know, great, you know, collaborators that she, she would love to be, you know, associated with that character, you know, in through eternity, because my mother truly enjoyed what she did. And I think that shows in this film, I think you can see that, you know, everybody was involved was really enjoying the process. Um, now the actors, you know, didn't quite have the same pressure, obviously, as the creative team did and and especially going from, you know, one complete, you know, I will not completely different subject matter, but, but a more serious subject to becoming, you know, this comedy, um, I know it was very difficult for all of the people involved, um, you know, not so much for the, for the voice actors, thank goodness. Um, and, and I think that the respect that, um, certainly my mother had for the creative team in their ability to turn on a dime and, and make something happen and make something really good happen, uh, I think shows in, in the work. And I think that there's, you know, it's funny because I think that the, the women, the powerful women in, in Disney, I mean, often, obviously, the, the hero, the heroine, you know, becomes powerful one way or another and shows an inner strength. But the women who have been villains have always shown strength. And, um, you know, they were all, all, almost, I mean, all of them have been, you know, self-sufficient and have been, um, you know, empowered and and unique and clear about who they are, and not, you know, and not not apologetic about who they are. So it was the it was really perfect for my mother to take on, you know, a character that sort of embraced the person she was not maybe as a villain, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> owning the, you know, your uniqueness. Um, and that's, you know, what what my mother did in her real life, so so she she definitely was able to bring that to the character of Isma.
0: I guess it's it's just so strange to see, you know, Disney has embraced it a little bit more and and tweeted about it more, which I love. Um, and another film that they have embraced, which your mother was also a part of, it
1: celebrated its 15th anniversary last year, was uh, Holes. It was Holes? Yes, yeah. When another really great film. I mean, it comes from a great book, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the film itself was really, really good. And I think when you watch it more than once, you realize, again, the characters, um, you know, the depth and, and the messages that they're sending, you know, are, are very, uh, you know, truthful and deep. I love
0: reading your posts because I've I've been following your mother's Facebook page, but I love that you post about your mother and also your experiences. You're a fabulous writer because you really you're so
1: passionate about it and you write from the heart. Um, I was very lucky, you know. My mother, um, I'm an only child, and my mother made sure that I traveled with her, you know, most of my life, and and you know we had a really incredible relationship and bond to, you know, together. And I look at that as it's, you know, a blessing. And I, and I really feel as my mother did that blessings are really meant to be shared. And my mother had, we had this incredible relationship, but it, we were mother daughter and she happened to have been a famous person, but the, but the relationship was very real. And, you know, so to share the, the times and the, the fun times, as well as, you know, some of the difficult times, um, and, and more challenging periods of our lives together, I think you know people can relate to, and I think people appreciate hearing you know because it 's so hard to understand how celebrities and their you know families how they really you sort of see them up on a on a pedestal or on, or on the podium or you know in a, so disjo- you know so di- removed from our from our life, what we, what we think is our normal you know our everyday boring lives but We're pretty, you know, celebrities are pretty boring and pretty normal and pretty, you know, I mean, as a teenager, I wished, you know, my mother would just, the car door would open up and she would just fall, you know, tumble right out of there and, you know, put me out of my misery because she was, you know, I was embarrassed by her and I was, you know, she was very strict and there were times when, you know, she would open her mouth and start singing in front of people and I was, you know, mortified. So, you know, it's like everybody can relate to having, you know, this type of relationship. Because, you know, you don't have to have a famous person to have that, you know, to, to know what that feels like. So I, I really do enjoy and my mother encouraged me to to always, you know, be honest and, and share who we were because uh, we're just real people and, and we're blessed. We're blessed to have each other. And her Facebook page is, is the Earth, the kit um, on Facebook and. Um, and then I have you know a product line called Simply Eartha, which is a line of accessories that use my mother's words and her handwritten, her handwriting in various forms, you know, of, of accessories. Um, and it's called Simply Eartha accessories that say something. And you know, I just try to share who she was as a person. You can see who she was as a performer through you know music and YouTube and television and videos and, and you know and films that live on. Uh, but to share who she was as a real person. I think is is very unique for people to hear, and I think it's also very empowering because uh, she was someone who who really you know felt the fear and and did it anyway, and just kept you know one foot in front of the other as a, as a single you know woman of color um, and made it on her own you know an orphan and from the deep south and became an you know international uh, you know icon, which is you know pretty impressive. But yet she was very real and, you know, she always said, referred to herself as I'm just a cotton picker from the South. And she referred to herself as being that real person. But she was so connected to so many different aspects of the, you know, spirituality and and nature that what she she was ahead of her time in so many ways. And so I share a lot of these things, you know, her feeling about eating organically and living organically and repurposing and recycling and taking care of the earth. And even you know, her name, her name was Eartha and her given name was Eartha. And she truly was all about the earth and, uh, and, and exercising and being kind and, and, and being grateful. And, you know, this is all of how we've sort of, we've sort of come to in this place in our society where everybody's talking about that. And I was truly blessed to have been raised by a woman who, who knew that on a, a very integral level. Um So that's my project in life is to just share um who she was and, and the teachings that I was blessed to have gotten from her. And as my mother say, always said, you don't need to be a giant boulder to affect change, to be, you know, to be plopped into the water and to affect change by the ripples. Um, pebbles affect change as well. It just sometimes takes... The it longer and it maybe takes more of them. So that's what I, what my legacy is. I'm blessed to have had her and I share that piece of her and who, who she made me and who I am with the world. Like I said earlier, I have incredibly fond memories of the time of creating, you know, Emperor's New Groove and, and then subsequently Emperor's New School for, you know, Disney and ABC television. Uh, and my mother did too. And, you know, I live with, uh, with numerous, uh, Hand drawn sketches from the team, you know, with no birthday way. wishes, birthday wishes that they sent her over the years and different things. And, <laughs> yeah, so it's really it, it's it's wonderful. They, they make me smile. Every time I see Isma, you know, her face always makes me smile.
0: And I have three Disney-themed questions I ask to all of my guests. I call them the Fab Three questions. Okay. So we'll start with the Donald one, which is: As a child, what Disney film was one of your fa- was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater?
1: Fantasia. Because I remember thinking that um, there were so many different types of of animals, you know, creating music, you know, music, being musical, being, you know, dancing. I mean, hippopotamus is, you know, dancing ballet and and (laughs) sorts. you know, I mean, and and it was the 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 music as well as the colors and the movement. So, you know, I remember I grew up with a mother who was a a dancer and, you know, and and singer. So music was a big part of our lives. And I just remember being, you know, totally. You know, encapsulated by by that whole feeling of the music and the colors and the movement of, of everything. So that's that's there you go. And next, our goofy question. Besides
0: the characters of The Emperor's New Groove, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person?
1: So I'm going to say Scar. From this, I know it's before you. Before you judge anybody, (laughs) Scar from The Lion King, because I found him to be so over the top, (laughs) (laughs) just you know, fed up with everything in life, and so you know, feeling like he's got nothing to live for. That he was his sarcasm. I happen to be very sarcastic person, so his sarcasm to me was you know, was just delightful and as maybe as morbid as that sounds. So that's who I would say off the top of my head.
0: I love that it's a villain. So I'm all for a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeremy Irons, you can't go wrong with him. You know what I mean? Genius was he in that. That was just so fabulous. (laughs) And our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment,
1: what immediately comes to mind? I would say it because... I love the way that they did this song, and I don't know why. It always makes me smile. Um, from Lion King again. Um, I just can't wait to be king. Well, well, here's to another 20
0: years, and let's hope Kit that in these 20 years we get our secret laboratory roller coaster ride and our spinach yes. puffs.
1: <laughs> I want to see spinach puffs, and I want to see Isma put, putting back her head to, to, to go on the roller coaster. <laughs> I'll smash
0: it with a hammer!